This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, hey, get your cups, fill it with ice, and vodka is dead, says my guest, Adam Von Guten of Highclere Castle Gin. Vodka's dead, and gin is in. Adam, welcome to the show, and you got to explain that more to us and tell us why. Kellen, thanks for, for having me on. It's great to be here and to meet you. Um, you know, I think what's happening in the, in, 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 in the spirits uh, world is that consumers are, are realizing the level of sophistication that gin adds to a cocktail over vodka. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I like the occasional vodka, uh, dirty martini myself, uh, but it, it's defined, vodka is defined as flavorless, odorless alcohol molecule by the federal government. And that doesn't sound too appealing when you put it that way. When you think about gin, kind of capturing the flavors and the, the complexities of botanicals, especially from an estate like Highclere, um, and all of the um, pedigree and history that goes into that, it just makes for a more delicious, more interesting, more sophisticated cocktail. Okay. Now, you know, you say odorless, and that is one of the things um, when kids, especially if you're not able to drink, or if you maybe want to drink on the job, you know, gin and juice, old Snoop Dogg reference, you could mix that and it really went, you know, people wouldn't know what you're having. So you could have it at a cocktail and there's no judgment, if there's judgment at all, um, depending on your circle. But does this vodka, you know, some gins will say, hey, you can try to taste or smell the sense of citrus or wood. Yeah. How would you describe this gin? So, so Heichler Castle gin um, is, is for, for, for those that don't know Heichler Castle, millions of fans around the world would recognize it as the real Downton Abbey. And this project came together through a friendship and then a partnership that I formed with the Earl and the Countess of Carnarvon, who live in the castle on the estate and manage the estate. And the vision for this gin was to kind of capture the essence of Highclere, which is hundreds of years of hosting many of the world's most interesting people, royalty, celebrities, scientists, and statesmen. And, and typically the evening starts with gin cocktails. And to develop the actual gin recipe was as easy as literally just walking out of the back door of the castle, looking at the botanical gardens in the back, looking at the Victorian era orangery with these beautiful little oranges and saying, okay, this is the spirit of Highclere. Let's capture this lavender that was planted by the bishops of Winchester in the ninth century. Let's use the juniper that's been growing wild on the hills around Highclere since the Romans occupied the area. So it's very much kind of taking a, 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 a sense of the terroir around Highclere and bringing that to life in liquid form and sharing it with people around the world. No, and, and that's awesome. I, I have to know, how, and this is from his TED Talk. You guys, Google his name, um, and you know you can check out everything he's already said about this gin and confirm that this isn't just something he just thought of you know, yesterday. But how does someone who dropped out of school early, and you know, people probably were looking at you like, oh, here you go, Adam. You, you thought you knew more than the professors, or you partied too hard. How does a guy then go to, you know, royalty in the UK and say, I want you and your legacy to be part of this? 
Because, I mean, who are you? Are, are you also an earl, a duke, or a lord? Like, how did you make that connection? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think like so many um, entrepreneurs, I, I, um, I kind of beat to a different drum. Uh, and I've never really excelled in school. You know, some certain people are wired really well to excel in, 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 in that format. My wife, for example, who's gone on to be a, a wonderfully successful uh, attorney as well as a wonderful mom. She just did really well in school all the time. And I challenged with it. I, I, I struggled with it. And uh, it never excited me unless I was interested in the topic. And so I, I realized after one semester in college that I was wasting money. I was wasting people's time, uh, including my own. And so, you know, I, I'm not sure that I'd recommend that path for everyone for sure, because it, it is a difficult path and it, it, it is hard to get things started. And I spent a few years trying to figure that out and understanding what that meant for my own personal journey. Uh, but Again, there's so many wonderful entrepreneurs out there in our history uh, who have been successful, who through their books, through their memoirs, through meeting with them and getting to know and expanding your network uh, that I learned a lot of lessons relatively quickly. And, I, and, and, and so at some point, you know, 12, 13 years ago, I discovered a passion for the spirits industry. I, I, I find that it romantically merges kind of this idea of farming with sophisticated business and then ultimately the uh i don't know the 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 pizzazz and the kind of uh, elegance of entertainment and hospitality and the restaurant business and the, and the hotel business and the nightclub business and all of that where it kind of comes together so for me all of those things merged are are a beautiful industry and so um I found that that was a space that I excelled in and my, and then I've discovered that my family goes back to the 1800s and distilled spirits in, in the new England area. And before that we came from England as well. And so this idea of high Claire for me was essentially, we had built a robust distribution network, a fantastic network of um, senior veterans and contacts in the spirits industry, whereby I felt I was in a position to successfully launch a global brand after building the first distillery in Connecticut to be built in uh, over almost a hundred years since prohibition. And so we, we knew the business, we knew the industry. Uh, we spent years kind of developing and honing our craft in the space. And at this point I was looking to do a global brand. I wanted to return to my roots in a way in England. Um, it's a country that I very much love and have been visiting often for the last 20 years. My wife went to university there as well. And, um, and when I was introduced to High Claire, I found that it represented so much of the elegance and beauty and pedigree and heritage that's being lost around the world. And I felt that Lord and Lady Carnarvon were working very hard as entrepreneurs in their own right to maintain and protect the, the traditions and what High Claire is. And for me, it just had all those ingredients perfectly balanced to come in and say, uh, would you partner with me to, to develop what I hope and believe will be the the smoothest and most incredible gin ever launched and now, now nine ten months in we've already won 15 double and platinum gold awards and we're on our way to being the most awarded gin in the world so i'm very proud of the work we've done to bring this to life no, what a story and i can relate with you about being a, a poor student um I, until i got to college and then i became like a president you know list and dean's list and all that my wife told me that i said really I'm used to being like a waiver for the football guy, uh, 1.9 GPA graduation type guy, you know? And so I definitely get it. 
And I really want to make it clear for any, you know, young people, especially young men who don't get coddled a lot of times or explain that you might not be good these middle school, high school years, but there's a future that your mind will beat everybody else's if you keep pushing it and doing it your way. Now, Now, when you made that deal, you know, with them, in England, and I love London too. My oldest, her name is London, so I really oh, love. Wonderful. You know, yeah. Um, how did you do that? Because you know nowadays people are. Let me go get an entertainer and somebody you know to have my bottles, and you know it's their brand, but it's really my brand. But they're the face. You got royalty, which they don't need the money. Entertainers sometimes need the money because they're broke. Royalty doesn't need the money. Everything is all you know set. Um, how did you do that? And was it a deal where you had to give them a portion of the business just for those who, you know, would want to learn how they may be able to do that somewhere else? Yeah, it's, it's actually a very good question. Um, you know, so, so. Hold on, Adam. Hold on. I'm going to ask you to repeat that. Some Zoom or something is acting funny. Yeah. Okay, there you go. You okay now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll edit it out. Don't worry. So once we, um, you know, with, within a couple of weeks of reaching out, um, Lord and Lady Cadarvin were, were typical generous, generous hospitality. My wife and I were on a plane to go stay the weekend at the castle. And one of the things that I made very clear that was important to me from the beginning is I did not want to do a licensing deal. To your point, I did not want to slap Downton Abbey or Hike Their Castle on some label and then come back here and try to pipeline a bunch of products. I, I was really looking, in order to do this and make it work, it had to be authentic, the way High Claire is authentic. It had to be real and genuine. And so to that end, you know, I wanted Lord and Lady Carnarvon to be partners, active partners. And they were, they were very comfortable with that. I mean, you know, it, it costs an immense fortune to run Hi, Claire, and that 5,000 acre estate. There's a lot of people whose jobs depend on the longevity and the sustainability of the estate. And so I think Lord and Lady Carnarvon are, are obviously very careful about the endeavors that they get involved with and they have to protect the brand and the very old legacy of the family. But I also think that they're innovative and they're looking, uh, they, they were looking for opportunities um, to, to further premiumize and globalize the High Claire brand beyond Downton Abbey. And, and essentially, that's what I had proposed. You know, let's let's keep it real. Let's keep it genuine. Um, let's build this thing together. You know, let's develop the recipe together. Let's 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 you know host the parties around the world together. Let's really build the brand from the ground up. And and in some ways, that's what High Claire does anyway, and has done for hundreds of years. You know, slow and steady wins the race. A commitment to quality. Uh, uh, not, 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 um, not just chasing the dollar, but chasing the essence and the soul of the product in the business, if that makes any sense. No, it, it, you want it to be, you know, just like you said, genuine. So I definitely get that. Um, I, I just try to make a path for, you know, there, there's so many avenues as an entrepreneur you can go down and there's so many things you can do. And after you make such a deal like that, with you know people that have the name and the legacy and your own name is like you know if you put sir in front of it we wouldn't be shocked right that's like you know when people see that name that's what you call a power name you know and you could say the third or something but after you make that deal do doors start opening up you know as far as you know retail or events that 
would not have opened up as soon with having that name? Yeah, uh, that's actually a, a really another, another great question. So, you know, one of the things that we knew from the beginning was, well, let's face it, the vast majority of brands, spirit brands in the marketplace are created in marketing boardrooms by, by MBAs. And they're designed for one reason and one reason only, to make money. And so the idea, the philosophy behind that model is let's limit our cost of goods to as low as we can get it and uh, pump some money into rapid distribution and we'll market this the best we can and see if it sticks. That's your typical brand you see in the liquor store. Um, and then you've got some craft brands that are like, you know, passionate distillers that create a small distillery and maybe they have a, a great brand in their regional area. So we knew with Highclere that we already had a global brand. I mean, something like 250 million people around the world watched Downton Abbey. And there's a lot of Anglophiles in the United States that love everything about England and, 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 and kind of that heritage and that side of British life or British history. And so, you know, we knew that we had something with global legs immediately. On top of it, I mean, the Downton Abbey movie came out last year by NBC Universal and was was number one at the box office for quite a period of time. And so Highclere Castle was further being pushed into screens and advertisements all around the world, whereby even if people didn't know Downton Abbey is really Highclere Castle, um, they would at least recognize the castle on our bottle or in our marketing from that level of exposure. So, you know, in, in, in short, I think we had a very big advantage coming to the marketplace because instead of being a brand created in a marketing boardroom, we were real. We have those, that ties to the actual land and then where we're using botanicals from the actual estate, uh, where Lord and Lady Carnarvon, um, you know, a, 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 a genuine Earl and Countess who are, um, and Lady Carnarvon's a successful uh, author in her own right with, her, with a growing following around the world, New York Times bestselling author with books around Highclere and life and life and entertainment and, and what it takes to kind of uh, uh, run the household like that. So, you know, you, you've got a lot of components there that are working for our advantage, which allowed us last year in a matter of, well, from August to December, we launched 25 U.S. states plus France, Switzerland, and the United Kingdom. And had COVID not stopped the world in March, we had on deck Poland, Malta, Canada, and regions of Latin America uh, in addition to, you know, some cruise lines and things like that. And so we're getting back on track now a bit. But um, as you can imagine, that's not typical for a brand to launch that fast, that rapidly and have that level of support and demand in the market. No, definitely, definitely not. And, you know, you, you mentioned some of uh, more of my, my favorite places to travel, especially Malta. But mm. with COVID, you know, they, they say, you know, alcohol has been coming off the shelf so you know let the folks know especially in america but the audience um especially listening is global um where they can find it like how do they order it and has covid you know um helped you know sell some bottles like have you seen it uh you know an increase in sales during covid yeah i you know um well, well uh, it, it, it's rather easy to find on our website hikercastlegin.com and um we do delivery to about 40 states uh online uh, we're also in 25 states in brick and mortar. So we're in stores, restaurants uh, in 25 states throughout the U.S. We're available through the U.K. and Waitrose, um, who are wonderful partners, as well as through Amazon in the U.K. and the EU. So anybody uh, anybody in the EU can can order online and have it shipped right to uh, right to your door as well. 
Um, and then and then we're in some of the finest hotels uh, when they're open, restaurants when they're open, and in, in, in markets around the, around the world too. And COVID has been um, interesting to our business. In general, spirit sales have have really gone through the roof. Uh, just drinking is 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 increased during during these weird this weird time. Um, for us, it's a little different because we were right in the middle of launching deep into markets when COVID shut us down. For example, I'm in Florida right now for a couple um, gin events happening tonight and tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we had launched an Amelia Island. Um, and the Concourse d'Elegance and Porsche had asked us to be the feature, spe- the feature spirit um, in Amelia Island, Florida. And so we went, we did the big launch party, got back, uh, returned from Florida. And then there was a, a the, the global shutdown happened. So we weren't, we weren't quite, penetrating the markets we had built a foundation so that we could aggressively launch come spring which of course is gin and tonic season from for many many states as it starts to warm up so i would say for us it has been a challenging year but what it has caused us to do is be thoughtful and very guerrilla in our in our pivot which i think a lot of businesses that have had to survive have had to do in that last year we had a broad market saturation approach because of of course, Hiker Castle and our access to robust distribution and our network of friends and people around the world. So we were able to press those buttons and go live quickly. The intention was to circle back, do that through the winter, circle back spring of 2020 this year, and then go deep and penetrate into all those markets and expand points of distribution and continue with PR and marketing and such. Because of, of COVID, we had to really look at getting more granular and more strategic with the retail partners and restaurant partners around the world. So we've kind of rolled back uh, the intensity of our expansion and instead took more of a a sharpshooter approach, now targeting only the finest restaurants, the finest hotels, and and the most on-brand liquor stores around the world that really understand how to tell our story, who we can then support through resources on an in, in account level and also by expanding our sales territory manager um, staff. So we've gone less broad, more focused because of COVID and coming out of this, you know, once vaccine starts to be spread, I'm going to be very happy we kept it this way because I'm, I feel better about building the brand and building the business this way anyway. Don't go too fast, keep focused, slow and steady and go deep in the markets, the philosophy. No, that, that's a great philosophy to have because the more you grow, the more, I mean, you grow. And can you talk about that growth that you've had from, you know, concept to now the idea it's working. I can, I, I've, I've proven my idea is working. Mentally, what do you go through? Because entrepreneurs, you know, people don't like to talk about the, the low moments, um, but also sometimes your highest moments or your loneliest moments so how do you, you know, keep your circle tight, your mental right, and make sure, you know, you don't start saying, hey, I, I'm floating on a carpet, like some type of genie in a Disney movie? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think it starts, I think it starts like with anything. I mean, being an entrepreneur, being a CEO is risky and it's scary at times. And so you, you, you start with here, don't you? I mean, it's, it's, about, it's about waking up and going for that morning run. It's about, you know, it's about embracing that meditation and that prayer. It's about, um, it's about staying balanced here and here and healthy and eating right 
And uh, I've got two, I got two babies at home, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And so sleep is harder to come by than I'm accustomed to. But, you know, it's about trying to make sure that you get that sleep. And, and so it starts there. If, if you're healthy in here and here, you're operating at a level that is optimum for you. You're at peace and you have balance. Now you talk about what's next. The next, the next layer is who do, what kind of company do you keep? Who are you hiring as your team? Uh, uh, is your family balanced and healthy? Is a, a happy wife, happy life, as they say. And, uh, and so you want to make sure the people around you are pure, are genuine in their support of your business, of, 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 of your choices and of your strategy. We have a, um, I emphasize my team all the time. I, I, they, they say the customer comes first. It doesn't. The team comes first. Take care of that team. Get that team right. The team will take care of the customer. And then everybody's happy. And so I, I spent quite, I spent a couple of years building our team up for High Club Castle Gin to get it just right. We're not perfect. We can always do better. But our team is exceptional at executing the plan, at, 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 um, at all maintaining relatively balanced, healthy lives. And so every day is fun. Every day is an adventure. Every day is exciting. That helps to keep me right. Because when they're happy and healthy and operating um, at, 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 a, at an optimum capacity, then I feel good about the work that we're doing. And so do they. And then, they, and then after that, it comes down to, you know, pride in your work. And to show up, suit up, and do what you say you're going to do and do it consistently. And, and so in my book, if you do all those things, pillar one, pillar two, pillar three, pillar four, and you do it consistently every single day without, without moans, then you don't have time to, to be too low and your ego doesn't let you get too high and you just kind of stay in the optimum zone of health and you, you, you achieve the mission every day. And, and the result is a successful business that isn't surprising to you when it is successful because you worked for it every day and it just makes sense. Now, I, I love that in explaining that process because, you know, you live in New England. My wife and I, we got married in Springfield, Mass. We lived there uh -huh. for about two and a half um, years. And one thing that- Do you, know the, you, know, do you know the Big Mamu, one of my favorite New Orleans restaurants right there in Springfield, Mass? That's my, that's my guy. Oh, man. That, that's Steph, my guy. Steph Wayne, right? Yeah, Steph Wayne, he's my, that's my guy. He is the reason why I went to San Martin because he connected me with my connect over there. And yeah, yeah, that, that, that's the guy. But, you know, the one thing Springfield, and I came at an interesting time, you know, I'm originally from California, I've moved all over, was the mob presence in New England is real. You'll think you're in a real movie. I thought I was, I was a connected guy. You know, I, 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 I thought I was, I was like, yeah, you guys, whatever you want to call me, Black Irish, on this side, I'm, you know, I can be Sicilian, whatever, right? But that's a real issue. And I, and I like to just kind of, you know, how do you – in a place where we know in NASCAR, drug money runs NASCAR, um, alcohol business started with, I mean, the criminals, we can thank for keeping, you know, the business of where it's at right now. But do you still see like a presence of that? Or do you have to, you know, worry about some guy that you might have to like pay off because they say, hey, you know, to be in this business, and let's be honest, the IRS is some of the biggest mobsters, but are, are there are there people like that still in the business that you've seen? I just want to, you know, paint a full picture. Yeah, no, no. I, I've never encountered anything like that. I mean, I'm sure you get some of that in, in pockets around the world in any industry. Right. Um, I find that the um, 
the, 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 the liquor industry is full of, of, of professionals with integrity. Uh, and that's at a corporate level. And that's at a, a, a down to a craft level. People love this business. I mean, once you're in, it's it, it's not unlike the entertainment industry in a way. And and I, I think that it's um, if it catches you, you're hooked. It, it's 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 a, it's a bit old school to your point. Sometimes I feel like our business is still in the 50s, the way uh, distribution works or or sometimes some of the operations I've been in and some some of the offices I've been in are have been unchanged with the wood paneling since 1968 when it was renovated last. You know, and some some folks still enjoy their two martini lunch and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, but in terms of being above board. Yeah. I mean, the, the liquor business is full of integrity and I've, I've never seen anything but professional behavior. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad. Just being in New England, I could just see the, the yeah, pressure. sure, yeah, because I really saw it, and I'm like, this is real. This is the departed. Um, and and so you know, with that, you know, and you say entertainment industry. I mean, all the crooks <laughs> still in this business. Um, it's 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 just it's interesting how things change, but they just go underground. Now, yeah. with the success that you're having and that you're gonna have. What is a community give back that you're doing now or that you want to do in the future? Um, well, I mean, so we've, we've done quite a few. I mean, High Claire is very active. It's raised approximately three million pounds for various charities, uh, veterans, um, amazing charities at the castle. Lord and Lady Carnarvon are amazing at using the castle for good. Um, in terms of High Claire Castle Gin, you know, we, we, we've done quite a few things. When, when, the, when the lockdown happened, we started doing um, for bartenders who were immediately unemployed one day in March, had no job. We started sending out hundred dollar gift cards to whoever made a hike their castle gin cocktail. No questions asked. Just send us the photo just to get some money in the hands of the bartenders who were suffering immensely. Um, one of the things we're doing right now is uh, we didn't talk about this much, but we also have the hike their castle cigar, which we produce in Nicaragua. And Nicaragua is a, a very, very special place to me. Uh, full of beautiful people, amazing landscape, and they produce some of the finest cigars in the world. And our cigars are very highly ranked and distributed throughout the U.S. in the finest lounges and also available online. It's called Hiker Castle Cigar. But uh, this last week, nine days, Nicaragua's been hit with two Category 5 hurricanes that has just wiped out towns. I've got, I mean, I've got, I've got dear friends and, and, and employees over there who, uh, who are up to their waist in water right now and uh and so we are work, working with um with the catholic church uh via uh, uh my family priest and a very dear friend of mine who also happens to be nicaraguan but is based in new york uh so we're going to be doing a really a really amazing uh fundraiser um ensuring that it goes right through the cardinal bishop uh, in managua to get right into the hands of the families who literally have no food and no roof over their head uh, as we speak so we're now we're now positioning that starting two days ago and we're getting that ready for a, ro a rollout in the next week. So we, we one of the things that we benefit by, Kellen, is that we we're small enough that we can be very nimble and we can affect change quickly and do stuff fast. So that's that's our intention. No, that that's that's great. And I love how, you know, from England to all the way to South America, you're 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 in you know, Central America, you're making an impact. Now, when you do a business, you know overseas do you also have you know a home in these places in case you have to you know stay there for an extended period of time uh yes yeah, so, so so when in the uk um we have offices at the castle of course i mean that that's kind of base camp um and uh but but also i, I live full-time in connecticut uh 
Um, and that's where our, our, our kind of North American offices are, where, where a lot of the management team is. So before COVID, I mean, I travel so much that um, I kind of think of uh, Connecticut and High Clare as, as my base camp and home. Um, but, but I'm all over the I'm all over the world meetings, customers. I, I try to stay in the marketplace and I don't like living in a bubble. But obviously, the last nine months has been pretty much lockdown, quarantine kind of mode with very little travel. This is one of the first trips I've taken all year, actually. And then in Nicaragua, uh, we do have a place that we stay in the beautiful town of San Juan del Sur, which is uh, on the West Pacific coast. Very romantic, pretty much unchanged for the last hundred years. And uh, and, and we enjoy, um, you know, spending time uh, around the tobacco and cigar industry and, and, and all the friends that we've made in, in Nicaragua. So, yeah. Okay. Any plans to um, maybe have a dual citizenship in any of those other countries or have a retirement plan where you just can, you know, kind of kick back? Because I'm sure in Nicaragua, you live like a king. Yeah, Nicaragua is pretty amazing in that in that sense. I mean, just the, you know, the fresh fruits and the, the you know, non non bioengineered foods and and that, you know, the, the, the also the culture and the diversity um, is something that I think is really important <clears throat> for my children. Uh, even even in terms of the language, because um, we're, we're 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 bilingual at home, and so um, you know for them to ha- constantly have Spanish around them, I think is is very key. And so uh, you know I, I think um, I think you know my wife and I have talked a lot about a, re- a more permanent relocation, um, just for the benefit of the diversity of experience for the children. I don't know where that puts us as of today. This year doesn't doesn't seem like a year where it's easy to dream about the future and what you could do next month to change things up a bit. Cause it's just kind of like, well, but what happens if there's another this or what happens if that happens? So I don't know. It's, it, it's come across our minds before to maybe um, spend more time in, in certainly in England, which is a very special place that we love, but we also love new England. Uh, we also love, uh, you know, the Southeast. I love Georgia. I love Savannah. I love, um, I love Florida here. So uh, you know, who knows what the future will bring. Okay, and, and so is it Spanish at home that you guys um, also will speak, or is it another language? Yeah. yeah. Okay, and, and and why'd you pick Spanish? Well, I've got I've got Cuban family, and um, uh, you know, being raised in Connecticut, of course, I had a lot of Puerto Rican friends growing up, and uh, you know, I, I think it's important that that I mean, you've got a vast amount of the the Western Hemisphere is Spanish speaking. Um, I find it a beautiful language. We love the people. We love the cuisine. We love the cultures. And of course, when we started the High Clare Cigar, I started spending a lot more time in Nicaragua, where I where I where I fell even deeper in love. And um, matter of fact, we, we were there quite a bit in the beginning part of this year, uh, as as a base camp kind of thing. So you know, for for the children, for the children's sake, we've just always spoken Spanish. Awesome. Awesome. I, I, I totally, I, I dig it. I mean, for the kids alone, the, the travel, it's better than anything school can teach them. Um, and you get real life experience. Now, yeah. with this business, you know, there's entrepreneurs who are building up a business for a lifetime. And then there's entrepreneurs who say, I'm going to build this up and then I'm going to sell it and, you know, go to, you know, paradise and relax and do whatever I want to do and maybe create another business. I know this isn't your first alcohol business and you, you know, you've gone into whiskey and, and different things. What type of entrepreneur are you? Is this a business that someone can write a big enough check or is it, you know, you're having such a great time. You don't know what else you do. 
That's a great question, um, Kellen. I, I, my vision is to, over the course of the coming decades, is to build the finest portfolio um, ever created of spirits, wine, and luxury items that one can really appreciate, all of which are tied to land, terroir, and extreme levels of authenticity. And so what I think you'll see in 10 years from now, 20 years from now, I would use a, I would use a example of a smaller, more boutique LVMH, Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy kind of portfolio is what I envision that uh, we're on the path to. So it's a very long-term uh, mission for me. Man, this is good game. You guys are getting this. I want you to like, share, subscribe, and make sure you look in the description box wherever you're listening and are watching and go and, and order. You know, check out a bottle. Um, fill the, the bar. We're going to be in this thing for a while. So if you are going to entertain during the holidays, beyond the holidays, you know, try, you know, splurge a little um, because, you know, I noticed on the website it doesn't have um, – the price you have to kind of make an inquiry to get the price so i don't want to scare people i want them to put in their information and uh, it's 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 about 40 bucks a bottle plus shipping the reason it does that is because it's variable shipping so if it's um <clears throat> if a warehouse is close to where someone lives it's less than if it's in california and the warehouse is coming from you know ohio or something like that so it's done like that way to, to make it as effective efficient as possible to keep the price down for everyone Okay, no, that that's great. And are there any, you know, stores uh, like what was the first, um, you know, major retailer that jumped on this? That if people say, "Oh, they're in my neighborhood," um, you know, who who might have it uh, nationwide? Uh, I, I don't remember who the first big retailer was. I mean, it all happened so fast. I mean, we were we were from August, September, October, November, just going and opening. I think it might have been. It might have been Massachusetts, technically. It might have been in Boston. It, it might have been like uh, the Table and Vine store. Do you remember Table and Vine? Yeah. It, might have been Table and Vine. it also might have been the Goody Goody chain in Texas, who are great partners, by the way. Might have been Goody Goody. Okay, yeah. I, I, I enjoy Table and Vine to this day because they're so helpful when you want to try something new and the folks are, you know, so knowledgeable. So you guys can request it from there. Talk with the manager and, you know, if they don't have it, get it in there. And, and just so much great things to come. And now in the, you know, luxury space, you already have royalty. Can you see yourself taking influencers who are in that space and maybe having them be brand ambassadors as well? Oh, we do that all the time. If you look at our Instagram page, uh, we've got the, it's, it's Hiker Castle Gin, obviously, on our Instagram and Facebook. But on our Instagram page, we've got... We've got such wonderful leaders in, in, in mixology and photographers, bartenders who are uh, who we're engaging with to, to create those be many of those beautiful cocktails and those beautiful photography. So absolutely. At some point, too, you know, when, when things get a little bit back to normal, you know, having influencers out to the castle for 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 an evening uh, to experience what that's really like at the castle with the with the wonderful butlers and the head butler, Louis, who's, who's an amazing mixologist in his own right. Uh, you know, to experience the life and culture of what it's like there. Absolutely. Okay, so I just, like the light bulb went off um, when you said, you know, when things get back to normal and, and open again. Um, during VidCon 
in the UK. Are, are you familiar with VidCon? What's it called? VidCon. No. B-I-D-C-O-N. And they do one in LA, they do one in the UK, and um, that could be like, that's where all the influencers go, especially the YouTubers, but everybody goes. It's, yeah. Everybody goes. And to have an event around the same time that they're all, you know, there. I mean, it's a little bit of a hike from, you know, no, but- only No, it's all, if it's in London, if BitCon is in London, you're talking about an hour and 15 minutes west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good idea, Kellen. I really like that. Yeah, I, I could see because I, I love um, those conferences. So I may be there like, hey, we're we're going to the castle and, you know, we, we, we connect there. Um, shout out to Irene Major, who is, um, she has that, she's a- um, has a, a castle of her own in Ingress Abbey, which is, um, you know, further away. But, you know, I could see having th those type of people who she's a, a high level individual as well. People want to go to other events when they're yeah. at an event, especially when you fly in. And maybe, you know, you guys have some type of a bus, chariot, something, you know, that can get people in and out. Viacom does it all the time for their party. So um, great idea. That's a really good idea. Yeah, because they're already there and, you know, in all those pictures and photos. And, and I think I'm going to end it with, you know, when will your book be released? And also, could you see yourself doing like a documentary type series on how you, you know, created this? Two great, great questions, too. Um, my book came out about three years ago. It's called Living Proof, Onyx Moonshine's Journey to Revive the American Spirit. And uh it did, it did rather well. People could find it, I think, on Amazon and on Barnes & Noble and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's out there floating around. Um, it's, it's rather outdated. Uh, this was before I started High Claire. Um, so maybe four years ago it came out, which means I probably wrote it five or six years ago. So right as I was beginning the High Claire process. Um, but still a good read about how, you know, my experience through not succeeding in college and then building the first distillery in Connecticut in a long time and that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> I haven't had any time to even ponder a second book but someday I will. And with regards to a documentary, you know, we, we, we're actually composing right now an interesting pilot reel of uh, uh, I'd like to have a, 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 a semi-documentary kind of show that um, shares with people the behind the scenes of what it takes to build a global luxury brand from scratch and mm -hmm. all of the, the behind the scenes components uh, from the harvesting of the botanicals all the way through to meeting with restaurateurs and, 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 and famous chefs around the world and getting the gin in the menus and then in, engaging with consumers around the world in different scenarios. So, uh, so we're, it's actually in the works as we speak. No, that's, that's awesome. Uh, love to hear it. I mean, I, I, when you were saying that, I'm like, wait, he's going to teach people. That's a course, that's a training course that, you know, he can host people at the castle. And yeah, I mean, yeah. that would have to be a lot of money, you guys, because you cannot get this type of game you know, in person for free, like you are now. So Adam, I thank you for coming on and sharing. We're going to take this offline, you guys. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. But thank you again, Adam. It was a real pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You asked, uh, you asked some fantastic questions. Thank you. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. 
Be sure to visit DiversifyGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.